everybody, how you doing? Hope everybody's doing good. Run just a little bit late tonight. We had another power outage here, although there's no sign of any storm anywhere near here. Our lights flickered on and off and erased our computer. So that's why we are running about nine minutes late. Hope you're still there. Love you guys. God bless you. Glad you're here. Just to start off with a question tonight. I was just curious, you know, as I was driving down the road and I was thinking, I was trying to think of what happened to, you know, logic in America where you just simply present a logic-filled, truth-filled argument or narrative to somebody and yet it's still rejected. And I was just wondering, when was the last time anybody has ever heard of a Republican or conservative, I have a list over here, race hoax. You know how many times there's been race hoax, you know, the Jesse Smollett style and many others that have come along, conservative or Republican race hoax. When was the last time you saw a Republican riot? Just just curious. What? When was the last time you saw a band of conservatives vandalizing or looting? You're like, Tom, what does that have to do with logic? I, you know, I just wonder why people can't see what side they're on. I, I just, I, I sit here and I know like, you know, I used to be when I was in law enforcement, I was heavily involved with the school system and 90, 90, 95% of the teachers I knew were registered and active and vehement Democrats. And I just wonder if they know, I mean, you're the, you're affiliated with the Democratic Party that's always involved with race, race hoaxes, rioting, looting. When was the last time you saw a Republican or conservative beating on somebody or murdering somebody, you know, as a group? I mean, when was the last time that happened? When was the last time you ever heard of a Republican or a conservative voting group registering dead people and sending ballots to dead cats that died six years ago. Um, when was the last time you heard of Republicans or conservatives ballot harvesting, voter fraud, false media allegations, trumped up impeachments, you know, the Bob Woodwards of the world. When was the last time you saw that? What, you know, I, I ran out of time, but I wanted to do a long list of the Brett Kavanaugh false sex crimes allegations. Numerous people, and I don't leave out Christine Blasey Christie or Christine Blasey Ford. I don't leave her out of it either. You know, there was a whole litany of people, of women that lined up and said that Brett Kavanaugh had sexually abused them, sexually battered them, sexually molested them, sexually harassed them, whatever it was. And every last allegation was proven false. And while those people, and I, here's the thing with Brett Kavanaugh, he should have sued all of them for defamation. If he didn't want the money, he could have just donated it all to charity. But he needed to hold the line and actually hold these people accountable. But when was the last time you saw conservatives falsely accusing, you know, you had Senator at the time, now Vice Presidential Candidate Kamala Harris, one of the lead accusers of Brett Kavanaugh, never retracted anything she said, Never apologized, never said, you know what, I got it wrong. Nothing. Just sat up on the hill questioning him with all these fake, like Julie Swetnick allegations that came out absolutely fake. When was the last time you ever saw conservatives do that to a Democrat? Just, just food for thought for the Democrats that might stumble across this podcast. When was the last time you ever saw conservatives do that? So if you're a Democrat, 
you're the party of race hoax, rioting, looting, false sexual harassment allegations, vandalisms, beatings, murders, you know, Chaz chop zones, voter fraud, false media allegations. I mean, how many more things are we going to see come up with, with Trump over until from, I think we got like 50 days until the election. How many more? It's like every single week you got like his, with some relative wrote a book. Then you got the Woodward thing. You got Adam Schiff back on Russian collusion. I mean, it's truly amazing. I mean, when do you ever see Democrat? I mean, when do you ever see conservatives or Republicans do anything like what the Democrats do? Just food for thought. I just wonder why people aren't logical. Like they go, you know what? This is this is the party that I belong to. If it was the party that I belong to, I'd be disgusted, absolutely disgusted. Well, you know what? Last night, my two favorite preachers on the planet. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Those are my two favorite. All over. You can watch the stand. As a matter of fact, the stand's on right now. You can watch the stand. Jonathan Shuttlesworth all over the place. Many different things. He preaches a lot to stand also. But he's got all his own social media. Look it up. Lots of people watch it. I watch Check the News all the time. That's at night, somewhere between 11 and midnight, depending on when he gets done preaching. But last night I was watching Check the News, and on that was the kind of the just a perfect amalgam of my favorite preachers. Rodney Howard Brown hijacked Check the News. This is their own verbiage. They hijacked Check the News so that Jonathan could pay the price for using Rodney Howard Brown's image to sell T-shirts after RHB got arrested. But anyway, I saw one of the greatest cut. This cut made my week. Absolutely made my week, and it's not of Jonathan. Or RHB, it's actually Jonathan's wife, Adalis Shuttlesworth. She is an absolute warrior. Play the video for me. Okay, now I'm going to play a funny video. This video should never have got out. This video leaked into my hands from internally at Revival Today. And... I've laughed many times and watched this video. It was actually only for internal use, but I'm telling you, you've got to be careful. If you can't trust your staff, do not videotape stuff because they will leak it out. And so I paid money under the table to get this so that I could air it today. This is a great clip. This is a dollars confronting a Karen in a supermarket that was moaning at her because she wasn't wearing a mask. And so Adalas confronts her. I mean, like, this is like epic because she started attacking Adalas, so Adalas just slammed her. Watch this. Desperate for attention that you'd walk around here? Wearing a mask in this whole entire store. Why would you care? I had this whole aisle to myself. You're not even shopping for anything here. You're not even shopping for anything here. Purchase something here, Karen. Purchase something here, but you don't. You're not even looking. Oh my God. <laughs> you gotta roll it one more time. Then. Listen, she just, can you imagine? She's walking around there, this woman, Adonis has got the whole aisle to herself, and she can't take it that Adonis is not wearing a mask, so she has to stop and give her two cents worth. And Adonis. Warrior. Adonis, if you end up watching this, love you. You are my hero. God bless you. That's what you should do. People wonder, you know what, what should you do in situations like that? That right there. Just do that. I don't care what people think. Well, that's, you know, people might say that's not Christ-like. Really? Explain, show me in the Bible how that's not Christ-like. When some goofball Karen comes up to you at a CVS, that's our 
drugstores down here. That's what it looks like to me that she was in. Comes up to you at a CVS and starts talking to you about masks and that you should be wearing a mask based on what? Exactly. Again, going back to logic. Why exactly are you wearing a mask? Explain to me scientifically while you're, why you're wearing a mask. Why are you wearing a mask? Exactly. Tell me exactly. Well, it blocks me from transmitting the virus. No, it doesn't. Well, it keeps me from getting the virus. No, it doesn't. Uh, coronavirus 0.06 to 0.14 microns is the size of a coronavirus par- particle. The best mask on planet Earth, an N95 mask, blocks 0.3 microns. Not even close. It does absolutely nothing. As Fauci said at the beginning of the pandemic, and as Robert Redfield, and now Robert Redfield suddenly of the CDC, says that masks are going to do more than the vaccine. Well, the vaccine is going to kill people. So yeah, I will. I, that's true. The, the mask will do better than the vaccine that will actually kill people. But where was Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC? Let's go back. February said nothing about masks. March, April, May, June, July says nothing about August says nothing about masks. 100. What, what are we now? 180 something days into 15 days to slow the spread. And now Robert Redfield says that masks do something. They ap- Doctors say they don't. There's been seven studies on the efficacy of masks. All seven studies. Pull it up for yourself. Pull it up for yourself. All seven studies say that masks do absolutely nothing to block you from getting COVID or prevent you from giving COVID. Absolutely, they do nothing. That's the truth. So that's what you should do. When somebody that's out there perpetuating lies, I'm out here, look at me, I'm doing good. I have meaning and I have a cause in my life now. I've strapped on a face diaper. I'm saving lives just like the first responders on TV. No CVS shopper with no life, with your goofy yoga pants on. You are doing nothing, nothing. That's the truth. Well, everybody else is doing it. What do you tell your kids? When your kids say everybody else is doing it, what do you say to them? You don't do what everybody else is doing if what everybody else is doing is stupid. But where again, where's logic in our culture? Masks do nothing. They never have done anything. Why is nobody wearing them during, during the flu season? Again, logic. What's happened? I don't know. Adalis, you're the best. That's how it should go. Exactly like that. All right. Well, Pastor John MacArthur is defying all this. And welcome to the show. You know, here's the thing. He still, he closed his church until May 29th, but to his credit, he, he reopened. He said, if I read his remarks correctly, he said that they actually studied the pandemic and discovered it wasn't a pandemic. I'm glad it doesn't matter. You know what? He didn't go open up either. Like all, if your church is opened again, I say this every week, but if your church is opened with conditions, your church is conforming to the pattern of the world. I have many people, you know, come, you know, many people think, and I've heard, I've seen people say, about people, you know, pastors like me, well, they're just preaching politics. Really? You're the one who's conformed to the pattern of the world. If you're taking temperatures at the door, if you're taking registrations to get into your church and reservations to get into your church and everybody's social distancing and there's no children's church, there's no hugging, there's no handshaking, you're the one who's conformed to the, conformed to the pattern of the world. I'm the one who's preaching Jesus. I'm the one who's preaching, no plague shall draw near thy dwelling. I'm the one who's preaching whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I'm the one who's preaching that. I'm the one who's preaching Christ-like things. I saw one goofball pastor actually preaching that if Jesus was 
during you know, his three years of ministry was occurring right now on planet earth, he would tell the woman with the issue of blood to distance from him because of coronavirus. That's what Jesus would do in today's culture. I saw a pastor do a Facebook live right here in Southwest Florida saying that. So they're the ones that are conforming to the pattern of the world. But John MacArthur, he opened his church back up. But like I was saying a minute ago, if you are attending a church that has a conditional reopening, you are attending the wrong church with the wrong pastor. Get to a real church that preaches the Bible. Tom, those churches are too far away. It is time for radical action. Absolutely radical action. You may have to drive from now on to go to church. Until you, listen, start praying that one opens up near you. And I mean, it has to be a brand, not, not one that's now just reopening. If it's a church that's now just reopening, wrong church, wrong pastor. You're talking about a capitulating coward. If they're just opening now and capitulating cowardice, if they have some sort of midi, you know, mitigations and how they're opening temperature, taking social distancing reservations, none of that should ever have happened. No church should have ever closed to begin with. Not at all. So if you're attending a church like that, just understand that you are attending a church that's conforming to the pattern of the world that does not believe what the Bible says at all. But John MacArthur, he opened up his church on May 29th, full open to his credit. They closed now. I have to, the whole story is they closed March, April, and almost all of May. That's to their discredit. And he's getting a lot of attention now. And I'm glad he is. It's a large church and he's doing the right thing. But he did a full opening with thousands of people. That takes guts. In the state of California, Gavin Newsom, Garcetti from Mayor Garcetti from Los Angeles have been all over him, persecuting him, sending out injunctions against him, sending out health inspectors and spies into his congregation and to sit out in the parking lot and count his people and see if anybody's social distancing, coming up with a percentage of people that are wearing masks. All those different things are happening from the, this is the United States. Look at that. This is the United States of America. And you have health inspector spies sitting out in the parking lot of a church in California. This is, the, this is the United States of America. And so they listed, they gave Pastor MacArthur a list of what it would take for them to approve him of reopening his church. Play the video for me. Before we begin, um, the question has come up a number of times about why Grace Church does not just comply with um, the orders that have been laid down for churches. And I, I thought it might be helpful to give you the list of things that are required of us as a church so that you understand how utterly impossible that would be. Um, here are the basic orders. No indoor meetings at all. Pre-registration of every person who comes onto church property. People only allowed on church property for scheduled events. Every person who comes on the property is to be screened and have their temperature taken at the entry. We all must maintain six feet of social distance at all times everywhere, including the parking lot and the restrooms. 
every other parking space must be left vacant. Marked pathways to maintain social distance, keeping people apart, monitored by staff monitors. Everyone always wearing a mask. Restroom monitors to control six feet social distancing at restrooms. Tape on the ground marking distance. Signs indicating these mandates and also full exposure on social media. Restrooms are to be used during the service to minimize the rush. That would be interesting. <laughs> no hymn books, no communion, no offering containers, no pew Bibles, no singing, no hugging, no shaking hands. Disposable seat covers changed between services. And the services have to be shortened. <laughs> That's not a problem to me, right? And based upon the separation, we could only meet in the tent with a maximum of 350 to 400 people. All right, back to me. So there you go. And again, we had ask ourselves this question. Why? Why exactly? So, you know, again, I just, I love to do the stats. So I pulled the stats from the CDC website for the state of California. So they've had 40, they have 40 million people live in the state of California. They had the devastating for the first 10 days of the lockdown, the devastating uh, policy of taking COVID infected patients and putting them in nursing homes. They did that for the first part of the lockdown. So keep that in mind. They've had out of 40 million people, 14,329 COVID deaths. Now that, of course, remember, all of the COVID deaths counts, all the COVID death counts, you have to take with a grain of salt because there's been many false attributions to the COVID death counts because it's not people dying of COVID, it's people dying with COVID. Again, over and over again, it's been caught numerous times where people have died in car crashes, shootings, lightning strikes, and alcohol poisonings, and have been, and those deaths have been attributed to COVID deaths because the person was carrying a small amount of an antibody for COVID-19 or a small amount of the virus itself. So out of 40 million people, 14,000 COVID deaths, so you have in the state of California for the 20 some odd rules you have to have to open up a church. You have a 0.03% chance of dying of COVID in the state of California. Three one hundredths of 1% chance of dying. Three one hundredths of 1% chance of dying of COVID. 36 out of 100,000 people die of COVID in the state of California, according to their convoluted Gavin Newsom death count. So here, here's what it takes to open up a church. I'll read these to you in machine gun fashion in the state of California. No indoor meetings, zero. You have to pre-register and make a reservation. Only allowed on church property for scheduled events. All have to be screened and all everybody's temperature has to be taken. Six foot social distance at all times, at all places, including bathrooms. 
Every other parking space left empty. Monitored marked pathways. Monitored. People have to monitor the marked pathways to keep people apart. Everybody has to wear a mask. You have to have restroom monitors for social distance. Imagine what goober pervs would would volunteer for that job. I'll be a restroom monitor. Yeah, I bet you would, pervo. Restroom monitors for social distance. Tape on the ground marking distance. Signs indicating all these rules. Full exposure on social media of all these rules. Restrooms are to be used during service to minimize the rush. No handbooks, communion, singing, offering containers, no pew Bibles, no hugging, no shaking hands. Disposable seat covers changed between services. Services must be short. Max attendance is 350 to 400 people outdoors. If you come into contact with anyone outside your family for more than 15 minutes, you must self-quarantine for 14 days. That's what it takes to open up your church in California for a virus with a 99.9% post-infection death rate, 0.1 post-infection survival rate, 0.1 post-infection death rate. That's what it takes. Where's the logic in our country? Where is it exactly? So, you know, just to further the point, I ran the statistics for the most totalitarian states in the union still under lockdown. Many of these states to whatever tier, you know, they got their tier one or their green zone and their red zone, how they mark their, they're in yellow code right now for how they're reopening their states. So I did already did California. So I did the most totalitarian states. How about Washington? Governor Jay Inslee, one of the dumbest people on the planet. So what do they have going on there? They got seven, eight, seven point eight million people live in the state of Washington. Still a lot, mostly locked down. So out of seven point eight million people, they've had nineteen hundred COVID deaths. So you have a 0.02% chance of dying of COVID in the state of California. 26 out of 100,000 people die of COVID. In Pennsylvania, where they had, for a very long period of time, the deadly Andrew Cuomo-style nursing home policy, same policy going on in Pennsylvania under their illustrious governor, Tommy Wolf, where they shipped... COVID infected patients into nursing homes throughout the lockdown. That's the infamous state where the health director, Rachel Levine, who is actually a man who's transgender. His, his name is really Richard Levine. Right when governor Tom Wolf instituted his sending COVID infected patients into nursing homes policy made sure Richard Levine did the health director for the state of Pennsylvania made sure that he moved his mother out before the policy was instituted at the nursing home where his mother was. Oh, typical demon rat. So Pennsylvania, the fifth largest state of the union has 12.8 million people there. They've had 7,800 COVID deaths. So you have a 0.06% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Pennsylvania, Illinois, 12, sixth largest state has 12.7 million people. They have, they've had 8,500 COVID deaths. So you have a 0.06% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Illinois, New York, 19.4 million people live there. They allegedly, and of course you got to add in, uh, 
Andrew Cuomo's disastrous nursing home policy, where until May 10th, so all of March, all of April, and halfway through May, Andrew Cuomo was shipping COVID-infected patients into the nursing homes where the most vulnerable citizens are who can't make a decision about their health, hence the reason why they're in a nursing home. But that didn't stop old Andy from shipping infected patients by policy, policy which he himself wrote and he himself instituted, shipping COVID patients into nursing homes where at least 11,000 people died from that. But he can't release those true numbers. We all know that up to this point, it's 11,000 plus died in nursing homes because of Andrew Cuomo. But he can't release the true numbers until November 5th. That's the truth. He said that. So 19.4 million people live in the state of New York. Allegedly, they have 32,000 COVID deaths which is about 362 per 100,000, enormous numbers. But even with those numbers, you have a 0.1% chance of dying of COVID in the state of New York. So one-tenth of 1% chance of dying of COVID in the state of New York. And many of those numbers, by the way, of course, are falsified because the death numbers, because there are people dying with COVID, not of COVID. They had a heart attack. They died. They drew their blood. Oh, wow. They've got COVID. Oh, so that's that's a COVID death then, right? So now you've got, um, let me compare New York to Florida. Always interesting. Florida's got 22 million people, quite a bit larger than New York. They have 12,000. We have had 12,000 COVID deaths. So New York's got 362 deaths per 100,000. Florida's got 59. And who gets the better publicity? I mean, Andrew Cuomo's touted as how, is touted, touted as how do you solve COVID? Oh, look at how Andrew Cuomo did it. Oregon, another Florida is not a totalitarian state. Ron DeSantis has done a great job and notice the difference. Oregon has 4.3 million people. They've had 509 COVID deaths. So you have a 0.01% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Oregon. That's these, these are the numbers. This is how it really is. And that's why I asked myself and I ask myself this all the time. Where's the logic in this country? Why wouldn't anybody, you can, I mean, this is not hard to do. This is literally, you can go to, you go to the CDC website. They have a giant map there. You can click on total deaths, click on the state gives you, then you look up the population of the state. It's very easy to figure out what, what the odds are of dying of COVID. You got North Carolina, the ninth largest state in the union. There's 10.6 million people live there. 3,000 COVID deaths out of 10.6 million people. And all everybody's masked. Everybody's locked down for what? I mean, again, why would you, why would you respond to a 0.1 post-infection death rate? It's absolutely proven with the numbers. You have two one hundredths of 1% chance of dying of COVID in the state of North Carolina and everybody's locked down. Why exactly? I mean, I just don't get how people don't. I mean, my son was in Walmart yesterday. He came up to me when he got home and he said, man, it's just depressing. I was in Walmart and just every single person, he doesn't, but every single person in there has a mask. I remember back in May, nobody had a mask on. In June, nobody had a mask on. And then allegedly there's the spike in cases in July, right? And then everybody strapped on a mask. All for what? All for what? I may read some more of these numbers later. So here's a picture of uh, Anthony Fauci. Fauci now says, putting a fan on your head 
to blow the virus away is better than a mask. Of course, we're joking. That's not for real. However, I honestly believe that most Christians, if Anthony Fauci donned that as an outfit, you're like, Tom, why do you always pick on Christians? It's just the Bible. Never let the Bible get in the way of what you believe. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. First Peter chapter four, verse 17. So I believe that most Christians led by their capitulating pastors, if Fauci was to say, here's what you should wear. Put the picture up for me one more time. Fauci was to say, this is what everybody should wear right here. Along with your mask and your spit shield, because that's, and your goggles, that's all been advocated by Dr. Fauci and Deborah Burks. Masks, spit shields, and goggles have all been advocated by Fauci and Burks. I honestly believe that most Christians and their capitulating pastors, you would see them walking around with their masks on, with that fan strapped to their head. I honestly do. I really do believe it. Because what's to, what's to disprove what I believe? Show me. Everybody's wearing them. I mean, there's very small outposts of freedom out there. Right here, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. River Church, Tampa Bay, Florida. There's a few others that I probably don't know the names, but there hardly anybody's an outpost of freedom. But most people will buy right in. Is that the video of the... All right, play it for me. This is what I believe would happen. Go ahead. keep it ready i honestly believe you know what i think that would be the worship leading and many youth groups and children you know you know what i'll just say it at churches today i honestly in churches of this area the ones you know who i'm talking to you right now because you respond to my stuff i see i hope you're watching right now why don't you just put this song on as you're worshiping, because you're like, no, we only we only talk about Jesus at our mask wearing, social distance, no touch service churches. We're just following Jesus. And Tom, you're the one who's always talking about politics. Well, I'm the one who's free from politics, and you're the one who's obeying politics. You might as well might as well just call yourself a status church, a state church, and you can institute this as your first song this Sunday morning to lead worship. Play it for me. That man that's singing with her, he's a eunuch. I mean, come on, dude. Stand up. Go ahead. Put that up there. Put that picture up there right there. <laughs> I mean, 
There's your worship leaders capitulating church. There you go. There's your worship leaders. Hire them, man. They've got to be available. They're obviously locked down. He has absolute, he's lacking an essential male part. So, I mean, he, that, that is who you need to hire as your worship leaders. Come on, pastors, get in there. Get ready to hire that guy and that girl. You know, I'm going to wear my mask today. That can be your first song this Sunday morning. Then you strike up the band. I'm going to wear my mask today. No, Tom, we only talk about Jesus. No, you're the, you're the government capitulator. You're the one who's conforming to the pattern of the world. Not me. I, I know the Bible. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the word of God. That's what you're supposed to do. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I mean, you can bind COVID. Why would you not? He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Matthew 16, 19, where you can bind and loose. That's the Bible. Not mask wearing, not social distancing, not no touch zones, not making a reservation to go to the church that you tie that. That's the Bible. I know it's lost to many of you because you're, I mean, it just, I mean, I know I've said it now four times. But it just absolutely floors me when I hear pastors say, we're just going to concentrate on Jesus. We're not going to get into the politics. You're the one who's capitulated to the politics. You're the mask wearer. I'm not the alleged political one. I'm not wearing the stupid thing. You are. I've never closed my church. You are. You did. I've never had an alcohol gel station at my church ever. We've never social distanced. We've never closed. Nothing. Not for one second. Never locked down. Never have. Never will. I've never quarantined. I've never stayed in my house. I've never donned a mask and never will. How about you? Oh, we're just following Jesus. No, you're a government employee. You're a statist, pastor. Get Listen, grow a set and open your church. And I mean really open it like MacArthur did. Open it. He's got thousands of people. Open your church. There are thousands of people jammed in. In my church, we got a couple hundred jammed in. I never thought twice about closing it. A lot of pastors, the reason why they, they, didn't, they closed their churches, the reason why they did close their churches, was not because they were afraid of COVID. They actually knew the stats. They were just afraid of their own congregation, of the reasonable Christians in there. Who they go, The reasonable Christians, here's how they talk. Well, you know, we believe the Bible, but you know, okay, whenever you put a but at the end of that sentence, it's over. It's over. You might as well just not believe the Bible. There is no but. There is no plan B. You either believe the Bible or you don't. It's as simple as that. Did he take up your infirmities and carry your diseases? Did he do it or did he not? Well, you know, Aunt Susie, back in 1974, we all thought that, you know, we prayed over her. We put, you know, we, we did a cross of oil on her forehead and she didn't, she didn't recover. So you know what? From that moment on, we don't believe for healing anymore. Oh, really? So your past experiences trump the word of God? Not for me. I believe the word of God. Well, how do you explain things not happening then? Unbelief, just like Jesus did. Matthew 17, 20. Mark 4, 40. Read it for yourself in numerous other places. 
Whenever there was an expectation of the miraculous and it didn't happen, Jesus didn't say, change your theology. What he said was that you have an unbelief problem. The boy, the, the father of the epileptic boy who had a demon said to Jesus, I believe helped out my unbelief. No Christian ever praised that because it's such an insult to ever acknowledge that you have an unbelief problem. And, but that's what, that, that's what's going on in the church is an unbelief problem. You don't believe you can bind. You don't believe you can lose. You don't believe in God's protection found in Psalm 91. You don't believe John 14, 14. So you take action, which is if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You don't believe it. You don't believe Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. You don't believe any of that. You believe there's stipulations behind them and those stipulations are fine, found in your own mind. Your own mind needs to be transformed. It needs to be renewed. But instead, you're conforming to the pattern of the world, which is the opposite of renewing. The Democratic Party. Now, we've heard over the last couple of days, you heard, obviously, about the shooting out in L.A. Again, a person just walks up to a police car and attempts to execute Two law enforcement officers. God bless the blue. Love the blue. Cop right here. 25 years. 1992 to 2017. 25 years in law enforcement. Love the cops. Okay, this doesn't mean I'm a sycophant for the cops. If the cops enforce stupid, unconstitutional COVID laws, not a fan. And won't be a fan of them and they need to resign. But But on the whole, rank and file, love the police. But the Democratic Party owns this shooting. Where a guy walks up to a police car, you have a, a woman cop in there and a male cop. The woman cop's a flat out hero. She administered first aid. They were both shot in the face. And she was shot in the arm and face. And she performed first aid while bleeding out to her male counterpart while they were both on the ground. But the Democratic Party owns this. LeBron James owns this. MLB NHL, NFL, you own this. You're like, how could, that, how could it be that, that they would own it? Because they've been espousing false rhetoric for years now. And it, of course, heated up after the killing of George Floyd. Just heat up. And it's, again, there's a grievous threat to every black male in America. Grievous threat that a white law enforcement officer is going to arbitrarily decide as he's eating his cornflakes in the morning, I'm going to go out and kill a black man today. As if that would ever cross the mind of any cop of any color ever. But that's what's being perpetuated by the NFL, by the NHL, by MLB, by the Demon Rat Party, by the NBA, and namely LeBron James, who said... He said, "We never, you never know. It might be the cop has, is in a bad mood and just decides on that day he's going to go out and kill a black man. That is a quote from LeBron James. They own this. They have licensed maniacs to walk up to police cars with firearms and open fire on the police. They own every last bit of this. Play Tucker for me. An attempted assassination of two young deputies. There was no dispute beforehand. There was no arrest. A man walked up out of nowhere and tried to kill them. It's the kind of thing we refer to as a senseless crime, but it wasn't senseless. There was a reason he tried to kill them. He tried to kill them because they were cops. Can we really be surprised that he tried to do that? Since the beginning of summer, the Democratic Party has told us that the police are evil, that they're killers, agents of racist genocide. Cops are the problem. 
Democrats have told us that every day for three and a half months. They put it in their party platform. Finally, at least one man believed them. So he shot a young mother in uniform in the face and ran away. As she staggered out of a patrol car, struggling to breathe through the blood, a group of people in Compton stood across the street and watched. They didn't help her. They didn't call 911. They filmed the woman as she bled out. One of the onlookers celebrated her suffering. Watch this. They just the aired the police up. This the only go up and come. Get... <laughs> just got aired out, cuz. They just bust on the cuz. That's crazy. Two sheriffs shot in the face. Two sheriffs shot in the face. They tripping. That didn't happen by accident. Again, this is the country they're creating. Someone got. There you go. And Tucker said, this is the country that they're creating. Who exactly? Uh, the Democratic Party and the propagators, which is called, which is being a propagandist, and the propagators of false information that law enforcement is out there hunting black men. Remember, there's 43 million black citizens of the United States. Police kill 200 to 250 black citizens per year in the United States. 600 white citizens per year. Those are what we call on this show facts. That may have that may not penetrate your vibranium skull, but those are what you call facts. Police are not hunting anybody. They're responding to calls. And even right there, they were just sitting in their car and a guy walks up to them. And that sadly, that's not the end of it. They people, I don't know if it was the same people that were filming or what, but black lives matter slash Antifa people either followed the ambulance or found out where the cops were being treated in the hospital and did this quickly assembled outside the hospital where these two deputies were taken. They showed up to root for their death. Then they blocked the entrance and the exit to the emergency room. That meant that ambulances couldn't move. If there was ever a moment when Los Angeles Sheriff's Department would be justified in using immediate and overwhelming force to move these people and to protect the public by doing it, it was this moment. But they didn't do that. Instead, the Sheriff's Department went on Twitter and begged Joe Biden's voters to please move. It didn't work. If anything, the mob seemed emboldened. Watch. See what's happening right here, right? They got uh, these pigs out here. They are uh, telling us that we cannot come in here and see these individuals who's been shot down at the mother train station. See what really torques me off about that. Yeah, of course the rioter soulless morons that are outside of the hospital that torques me off. But what really torques me off is the response of the LA County Sheriff's office. You send out a tweet. That's your response. You have two officers fighting for their lives. They were in critical care at that time. And they're fighting for their lives. And you have people blocking the entry and exit of ambulances. So if there was a black citizen that had a heart attack, black, uh, black other citizens, other, other black citizens were blocking ambulances, Black Lives Matter, from getting to a black American having a heart attack. They were blocking the entrance in and out. They were blocking the exits in and out of that hospital of ambulances. 
So explain to me how Black Lives Matter, where there would obviously be black people in need of those ambulances and white people, and you're blocking them from getting in or out. But my problem is, is that the L.A. County Sheriff's Office didn't do more than tweet. They sent out a tweet asking for everybody to be considerate. That's, that's law enforcement now? What should they have done? Armed response. Sent the SWAT team. Send your emergency response team. The, what we call an ERT unit. Send them there and clear the scumbags off the property by force. That's what you do. What on earth is going on with the LA County Sheriff's Office? They must also be missing a vital male appendage. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't sit there and capitulate. Oh, please be nice. You have people blocking ambulances from getting into a hospital. You have people blocking ambulances from leaving the hospital to go pick up other patients. Even if they do go pick them up, they can't get back in the hospital again because that's been blocked and the sheriff's office sends out a tweet. Not acceptable. The Democratic Party owns this behavior. Oh no, they've come out recently and said they're not they're not for riots. They're, no, okay, what happened? The only reason why they did is because Don Lamont and Chris Cuomo were talking about how the polls were going down for the Democrats on CNN. That's the only reason why they ever started to even say anything negative whatsoever. And by the way, I want you to go pull it up on YouTube, pull it up on Facebook, pull it up anywhere, and I want you to find one negative comment where Joe Biden or Kamala Harris says anything negative about Antifa or Black Lives Matter at all. They'll they'll say, well, we're against violence, but they will never call them out by name. They'll never say we are against, we stand against Antifa's violence. We stand against the violence perpetrated by Black Lives Matter. They never say it ever. You know why? Because that's their voting block. I have no problem saying the truth no matter what, because I don't care. Right is right, wrong is wrong. But for them, all that matters is somehow we've got to defeat Trump. Somehow we've got to get our grimy little fingers on power. But they own it. Here's another part that's really disturbing about this. And I want to ask ask yourself this question. As you're watching this, if a conservative did this, would it stay up on social media? Play that video for me. That's what they're promoting when they promote BLM. They're promoting people like Kevin Wharton Price. Price is one of the BLM activists who wish the deputies death as they struggle to stay alive. Price is a well-known left-wing activist in Los Angeles. The LA Times, the local paper, has mentioned Price approvingly, repeatedly. On Facebook, Price uploaded a video applauding the shooting of these deputies. Watch it. A unknown assailant walked up and busted a cap on both of them. Shot him in the head. So, I mean, what are we supposed to do, y'all? We're supposed to celebrate today because the oppressor has been slain. So if this is a start of retribution, then I think this is a very good start. The oppressor has been slain. It's retribution. It's, quote, a very good start. Is Kevin Wharton Price on a federal watch list? You certainly would be if you advocated terrorism. But it's not likely he is because Price has powerful friends. Local Democrats in Los Angeles consider him a community leader. Just this February of this year, the LA Times reported that Price's organization, the so-called Africa Town Coalition, met several times with Mayor Eric Garcetti's office. Eric Garcetti didn't think Price was a dangerous lunatic, just the opposite. 
In fact, Garcetti's office met with Price's group to discuss forcing local businesses to obey their demands. So the guy who celebrates cop killing was Garcetti's go-to consultant for, quote, cultural competency. All right, so you got this guy, Kevin Wharton Price, who's a Democrat, part of the Africa Town Coalition. Mayor Eric Garcetti, he is his go-to guy. Kevin Wharton Price is Eric Garcetti's go-to guy on extortion. I mean, cultural competency, whatever that means. What they're basically doing was shaking down businesses to capitulate to the wants, needs, and desires of Black Lives Matter. That was the Garcetti-Kevin Wharton Price coalition that was going on. That guy who just said it's time to celebrate that two cops were shot in the head. Now, let me ask you, if that was a conservative that posted anything like that, if I was to don my uh, native gear, which I'm Irish German, so I guess I'd have to put on some shamrock stuff or something, and don my native gear and go on there and talk about how it was okay to kill this and kill that, you think I would stay up on Facebook? They take, took me off last week because of people's comments in my screen that I have no control over. They took, me, they took me off because somebody put on here that Lysol kills COVID or something like that. On here, they took, they took my video down. You think, you think I would stay up for 10 seconds if I said anything like Kevin Wharton's price said? Absolutely not. I'd be off. But you know what? He's Ke- Eric Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles. He's his go- go-to guy for cultural competency. So what's Joe Biden's response to the attempted assassination of two deputies. In his statement Sunday, Biden offered praise for the police. Brave officers who pin on the shield carry a sacred responsibility and make an extraordinary sacrifice. Just as they owe it. Now, I want you to hear the demon rat propaganda in the midst of his allegedly supportive statement of the police. Just as they owe it, just as the police owe it to the American people to protect and serve with honor restraint and accountability. Now, are you kidding me that he throws in after these two deputies are nearly assassinated? There was an attempt to assassinate both of them for absolutely nothing. They weren't even on a police call. They were just sitting there probably having a cup of coffee. And he throws in that they are to act in restraint and accountability. You know, people are running their sucks all the time right now about we need to reform the police. We need to rethink policing and all that, all that stuff. There doesn't need to be any mass reformation of the police. It's all case by case. If it's a crummy department, fix it. But on the whole, throughout the entire, I mean, do you know how many calls there are for the police? Again, I've gone over this, but right here in my small community where I live, my county has 440,000 people live in it. Sarasota County, Florida. That's where I was a cop for 25 years, 92 to 2017. We averaged between 100 and 130,000 case numbers per year. Just in our, now those are case numbers. That's not interactions. That's where a report is written. That's where we, we draw a case number to write something on it. Whether it's a written report or cleared on the computer, we pull a case number, we write something on it. That has nothing to do with the numerous other Interactions, changing people's flat tires, traffic stops, all that. So you're dealing with just in this county alone where I live, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not millions of interactions with law enforcement every year. 
Think about that throughout the rest of the United States. Think about what that would be in Tampa, a, a city of millions of people. Hillsborough County is 1.5 million people. That's where Tampa's at. Think about how it's hundreds and hundreds of millions of interactions with the police. And we're going to reform everything? When do you, I mean, on the whole, when do you hear of things going wrong every now and then? Most of the time, the things that are stipulated as wrong by the left weren't wrong to begin with. But on occasion, there is where cops behave badly. So NFL players behave badly, right? And NBA basketball players behave badly, right? Doctors, lawyers, teachers, right? So does there need to be mass reform? No, there doesn't. How dare you say that? Even the conservative people, they're just capitulators. The conservative pundits that go out there, well, I agree there needs to be police reform. You're just a capitulator. You're just weak. You're too afraid to stand up. It'll cost you too much. It might cost you some um, social media viewership if you actually stand up and say, tell the truth. Well, I'll tell the truth. There doesn't need to be mass reform in law enforcement. The statistics don't bear it out. The statistics do not bear out the need for mass reform of law enforcement. It doesn't mean that tragedies don't happen. We're going to mass reform the highways because there's crashes. You're going to mass reform uh, airline travel because there's an occasional crash. You're like, no, it's more than that. Where? Show me the stats. Show me how it's more than that. But you got Joe Biden on here allegedly supporting the police, but he's got to throw in just as they, the police owe it to the American people to protect and serve with honor, restraint, and accountability. They already do it. I was a cop for 25 years. We operated in restraint and accountability. I saw cops get fired. Every year of my career, some cop got fired. There was obviously accountability, dumb, dumb Joe. Americans owe it to them to lessen the needless danger of their inherently dangerous jobs, the former vice president said. Where's this condemnation of Black Lives Matter? Where's this condemnation of Antifa? Listen to this. 26 years ago today, the Senate passed 10-year bans. on. He, this is what he says. This is part of his statement. Tw- Joe Biden says, 26 years ago, the Senate passed 10-year bans on assault weapons. What, a, what does that have to do with anything? Those cops were shot with a handgun. The very thing he's not even trying yet to ban. He's, he's destroying his own argument. He's defeating himself in an argument. 26 years ago today, Joe Biden said, the Senate passed 10-year bans on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. It was an effort I was proud to champion. These bans saved lives. No, they didn't. And Congress should have never have let them expire. As president, I will take on the NRA and will ban them once again. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with one thing? Less than five hours later, the former vice president added a second post on the social media platform, reiterating the same call that weapons of war have no place in our communities. We need to ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines. What does that have to do with this? A guy walked up with a handgun, not an assault weapon. Even Joe Biden couldn't and no Democrat. I know Joe Biden has diminished mental capacity right now. But nobody, nobody on the left can even define what an assault weapon is. Go ahead. Tell me what it is. Define assault weapon. It's amazing that they get away with this. If the media had a brain at all, if the media was balanced at all, if the media simply reported facts, 
They would never be able to get away with making statements like this because they can't even define what an assault weapon is. Name it. I don't know what an assault weapon is because there is no such thing. They go militarize. What does militarize mean? And what does this have to do with a man walking up to a police car with a handgun and shooting two cops in the face? What does this have to do with it? Typical, typical demon rat using a tragedy for political expediency. All right, so the NFL positions itself. This is one day after, I repeat, after the attempted execution of two law enforcement officers, two sheriff's deputies, simply sitting in their police car. Here's how the NFL responds, Buck Sexton. For the two cops ambushed and shot who are struggling for their lives, this is the, the day after, of course not. The NFL doesn't protest in solidarity with honor, with with honorable and courageous cops. Plenty of support for felons who resist arrest. The entire Washington football team kneels together to support those who propagate the lies that caused the attempted execution of those two police officers. Here's an interesting. This is a tweet from uh, a Twitter account called The Comeback. You put it up there. It says, and the this is this is from a couple years ago. NFL won't allow Dallas Cowboys to honor Dallas PD with helmet stickers. They, they the NFL would not allow that right there. They would not allow the Dallas Cowboys. Remember when the five cops were killed by a black man? You can bring it back to me. By a black, leave it ready. Keep it ready for me. Five cops were killed in Dallas while they were providing security for what? A Black Lives Matter protest. They were killed by a man with a rifle. And Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys wanted to put this, put it back up there for me, on the back of their helmet stickers, on the back of their helmet with these helmet stickers. And Roger Goodell said no. Bring it back to me. But you are allowed to put the names, though, of Jacob Blake and George Floyd on the back of your helmet. People, George Floyd, who put a handgun to a woman's pregnant belly, threatening the life of her child during an armed robbery. And Jacob Blake, a sex offender, where he got shot when the cops responded to the house, called there by the person that he sexually assaulted. To have him removed, you can put his name on the back of your helmet, but God forbid that you put this back on your helmet, on the back of your helmet. That was not allowed. Just know where your country's at. Tom, you're, you're negative. I, I'm not negative or positive. Truth is truth. The church needs to lead the way in speaking the truth, not hiding under certain umbrellas like, we're just going to preach Jesus and stay out of politics. You're just, you're just a coward, pastor. You're a coward. Eye to eye, man to man. You're a coward. I'll say it to your face. Yeah, you might be able to beat me up. You better be better than average, though. But I say it right to your face. If you're not afraid to talk about these things, you're a coward. If you're afraid to talk about these things, you're a coward. You're afraid to talk about COVID, that there's nothing to be afraid of. It's not really a pandemic. It's a pandemic. You're a coward. But just know about where the NFL is. This is where I stand, right here. That's where I stand. The majority of cops are great people. There are some bad ones, for sure. There are some racists. 
Just like there's some black people that are racist. There's some white people that are racist. There's some Asian people that are racist. There's some Latino people that are racist. Doctors, pastors, lawyers, grocery clerks that are racist. There's always some. But the thing is, the majority of cops do a great job. The statistics bear it out. It's what we call on this show, facts. All right, from Dinesh D'Souza. Liberals, California wildfires prove climate change is real. (laughs) Back to me real quick. Keep that ready. How exactly does climate change start a fire? Explain, how does it start a fire? Exactly. I'd like somebody to illustrate to me how any sort of temperature change, of course, you know, the left, again, they used to claim that there was going to be a global cooling. Then they claimed there was going to be a global warming. And then when we started getting colder, they switched back to climate. They switched to, for the first time ever, climate change. They make absolutely no sense. And of course, they're the ones that are propagating this whole COVID myth to begin with. That COVID's a deadly disease and that everybody needs to wear a mask. The same people that propagated that we're going to have a new ice age. And then we're going to, then all of a sudden that didn't pan out. And there's numerous, pull it up, numerous predictions. I love to do it. Type in, I don't like to use the name Google because they're a leftist outfit. Type in a search of false predictions about global cooling or global warming. There's many, there's a myriad of them. They're the same exact people like Robert Redfield of the CDC that are telling you that masks do things and that social distancing will keep the Rona off your body. And that in between church services, you need to change seat cushions out, seat protection devices out every, every service to keep the Rona off your fanny. So from back to Dinesh D'Souza real quick. Now you're off of it. (laughs) There you go. Thanks brother. California wildfires prove climate change is real. Reality, reality. Man arrested after admitting he used Molotov cocktail to start brush fire in Portland. There's a lot of rumors going around. A lot of people saying that it's not true. And a lot of people saying that it is true. That Antifa or Black Lives Matter starting a lot of these fires. Well, there's there's no definitive proof, but there is several arrests of arsonists who are starting these fires. So I don't know what their label is. I don't know what that guy's label is. Lo and behold, he happened to have a Molotov cocktail. You know what? I'll be dead dead honest with you. I've never owned a Molotov cocktail in my life. I I don't really drive around with Molotov cocktails. So you know what? Lo and behold, he has a Molotov cocktail. Lo and behold, it's in Portland and a mass fire started. Could it be Antifa started? Well, there's another, there's other arrests too of other arsonists that have started these fires, but it's global warming. That's doing it right. All right. Here's another reason why I'm done. Now just get this. Now I'm done. I'm done with college game day. It used to be my favorite show. Unwatchable now. Absolutely unwatchable with their endless political capitulations done with it. I'm probably done with, with college football again. Do what you want. Protest what you want. I'm absolutely done with the NFL. I'm never going back. NHL, never going back. MLB, never going back. NBA, I was already gone, but I'd never go back. College football, I can't say 100%. I mean, Trump just orchestrated another deal. with. I mean, it's all Trump, man. Peace accord with Bahrain. Never been done between Israel and Bahrain. Never been done in history. Notified, uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Trump with the uh, United Arab Emirates and Israel, 
another peace accord, never been done. Bos- Bosnia and Kosovo, never been done. <laughs> one thing I have to mean, what, is Barack, what did Barack do? Name, name one thing Barack do, did for his Nobel Peace Prize. Trump was nominated for his Nobel Peace Prize for Israel and United Arab Emirates and Israel and Bahrain, Kingdom of Bahrain. Both of them now at peace with one another. You know, in Abu Dhabi has the largest, the tallest building on the planet, right? You know what they were playing two days ago over their PA system? The Israeli National Anthem in the United Arab Emirates. Trump! What did Brock do? I mean, again, logical. Democrats, I know that you must have gray matter in between your ears because you're breathing. Name what Barack did exactly. Name anything that he accomplished. I could name one thing after another with Trump. One thing after, I just named him. He's been nominated for two Nobel Peace Prizes. What did, what did Barack do to get his, no, oh yeah, throw that up there. I saw that picture. Throw it up there. There you go. There's Barack. Here's, here's, here's the President of the United States bowing to the Ayatollah in Iran. That's, that's what we, oh, was that before or after he delivered $1.6 billion to them, many of them unmarked bills on the airport in the middle of the night on the tarmac a pallet pallets of cash to iran that's that's old barack the democrats hero by the way barack's greatest unemployment rate was 7.8 percent trump's got just about that now after the whole covid response disaster namely perpetrated by Democratic governors to try to unseat him. And Trump still got the economy going. Here's an interesting fact about the economy. I'm going way off track here. Here's an interesting fact about the economy. Do you realize right now we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 11% unemployment somewhere in there? Do you know that more than half of that of the unemployment claims in the United States come from California alone? Facts! More than half of the unemployment claims in the United States of America comes from what Jonathan Shuttlesworth calls the People's Republic of California. Half of all, for, listen, there's 330 million, 331 actually, million people live in the United States of America. Out of that, half of the unemployment requests, unemployment insurance requests, come from California. 290 million make up half and 40 million make up the other half. That's the truth from a democratic controlled state. That's been democratically controlled since I can remember just like all the other bastions. What you got there? What's that picture? Oh yeah. Put it up, man. I love that. Here's Barack. This is here's Barack's foreign policy. Let's compare. Leave that picture up while I'm talking. That's good. Here. Let's, let's compare foreign policy. You got Trump with a peace accord between Israel and Bahrain, never been done in history, a peace accord between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, never been done in history, a peace accord between Bosnia and Kosovo, never been done in history, nothing. And by the way, there's the rumor is Saudi Arabia is next, and there's six other Arab countries. But here's what Barack did. There's Trump, and there's Barack. Here's Trump. I'm going to flip him back and forth. Come on, be ready. There's Trump. Now here's Barack. Cash on the airport for Iran, paying them off, and here's Trump. There you go. There's your difference. Those are what we call, again, on the Tom Lipley podcast, facts. All right, so here's why I'm done with college game day. Play it for me. You listen to these stories. 
and not feel pain and, and not, not want to help. You know what I mean? It's like wearing a hoodie and uh, putting, your, putting your, your hands at 10 and 2. Oh, God, I better look out because I'm, I'm, I'm wearing Nike gear. Like, what? What are we talking about? And so you can't relate to that if you're white, but you can listen and you can try to help because this is not okay. It's just not. Hey, Kurt, you definitely down with the black man. <laughs> black power, huh, Kurt? Kurt, I was, I was embarrassed just looking at you. You just threw away all your white privilege. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand what you're crying about because, well, I, you know what? You know what? The reason why he's crying, because you don't know the facts. You have not did your homework. That's the only you reason. you cannot, obviously, think for yourself. Take it from two black men. Yeah. I've been on this planet 46 years. I've been walking this earth yeah. here in the United States, and I do not feel yeah, he looks good for 46. oppressed. I don't feel like I'm prey. I don't feel like I'm being hunted. I mean, I'm still waiting for a video. Yeah. to validate this notion that black people are being hunted down. Like you bring up Jacob Blake. Yeah. You act like this dude was just walking down the street, flying a kite. Yeah. Right? No, he was there harassing his girlfriend, took her keys. She called the cops on him because she don't want nothing to do with him. Yeah, the cops didn't pull up on him. Look, we got us another one. It's a black <laughs> guy over there. Let's get him. No, that's not what happened. The guy had an outstanding warrant for rape. <laughs> Sexual assault. <laughs> I, would, I would actually prefer to watch them than me. I don't leave them. I mean, they're, they're awesome. If you don't watch the Hodge Twins, you are missing it. Love the Hodge Twins. They are awesome. But that's why I'm done. I mean, what's Kurt talking about? I've watched Kurt Herbstreit for 30, 40 years. I mean, 30 years since he's been on. I mean, it's been, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been for forever. As long I'm a, I'm having about about to have my 24th wedding anniversary. I was watching them the years before that. So it's got to be 30 years I've been watching Kurt Herbstreit. What is he doing? And what's it based on? What's all the emotion based on? Nothing. Hoodies? What's he talking about? Trayvon Martin? What, I mean, what's he talking about? Trayvon Martin was on top of a man, straddling him, beating his brains out, and got shot. That's what happened. That's the truth. The only witness in the whole situation. That's what they saw. Ground and pounding. I mean, that's what happened. You know, Jacob Blake, it's just like the Hutchwood just said. The cops were called there because the woman he had previously sexually assaulted called them. Those are the facts. Switching back to COVID, Western Journal 910. GOP Nebraska governor puts an end to months of COVID mandates. Never should have been Nebraska governor. I mean, again, GOP governor, Republican governor, what are you doing? Why was it ever, why were there ever any COVID mandates to begin with? Let's look at the Nebraska stats. Population of Nebraska, 2 million. How many deaths of COVID do they have? Just, I'm letting it sit there for just a second. How many deaths, how many people do you think died of COVID? To date. How many people in Nebraska? Out of 2 million people, 435. They had 400 flu deaths last year, folks. You have a 0.02% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Nebraska. 22 out of 100,000 people in Nebraska die of COVID. Exactly, exactly, exactly the same as the flu. 
and yet a Republican governor has had it shut down. Let's compare it to uh, South Dakota, Kristi Noem. 903,000 people of there, 184 deaths. Again, 0.02% chance of dying. You know how many lockdowns they did? None. How much social distancing do they do? None. How much mask? How many mask wearing mandates do they have? None. With the exact same results. Exact same results, and it works that way every single time. Every single time. Well, you know, it just never ends, right? So you have the shooting of cops in LA, and now you have a cop shooting a a knife-wielding maniac in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Another completely justified shooting, just like Garrett Roth in Atlanta. He why is he still even being looked at to be charged? He has been charged. Garrett Roth in Atlanta, the one who shot Defendant Brooks, who aimed a taser at his face. And shot and narrowly missed. Charged by the district attorney that has since lost his election. But this is another textbook shooting. It's, I mean, it's absolutely textbook. Play the video for me. A 27-year-old man called Ricardo Munoz charged at police with a knife in his hand. And it wasn't an idle threat in his case. Munoz was booked last year for knifing four strangers, including a teenager. So the cop shot Munoz in self-defense. Good for him. You would have done the same or you would have been killed. We're not speculating about that, by the way. Here's body cam footage. 28 coming your way. Where did he go? Get back, get back. It's not a close call. A still frame photograph from the video clearly shows Munoz with a knife raised as he charges wildly at the officer. So the police released that footage because they thought it would calm tensions. Of course, the guy had a knife. He'd been busted for knifing four people. The cop was about to be the fifth. Calm down, everyone. There was a reason we shot him. That's what the police were thinking. And in a reasonable country, it would have been over. Of course they shot him. But Joe Biden voters and BLM activists respond the way that Democrats have trained them to respond. They immediately smashed windows. They attacked a post office and a police station. They set literal dumpster fires in the streets. Watch this. So there you have a completely justified shooting. A guy is coming at the officer with a butcher knife. Butcher knife. Coming, sprinting at the officer. Sprinting at him with a butcher knife. A man previously charged with stabbing four people. Charging now at the officer with a butcher knife on a domestic violence call. Uh, did the cop just show up there? The cops just show up and say, you know what? I want to kill a black man today. Is that what happened? Because that's what Joe Biden supporters and BLM and Antifa would tell you. No, he was, the cop was called there. He asked where's somebody at? Something along those lines on the video. And then lo and behold, this door swings open and this maniac is charging them with a butcher knife, psycho style going at him. And the man gets shot. That's what's supposed to happen. What would you have the cops do? What would you have them do? 
Cities are learning the hard way. If I don't run out of time, we're going to talk about that tonight. Cities are learning the hard way. Cops just aren't showing up for stuff anymore. You know why? Because they don't want to be, what's going to happen with this cop? I hope nothing. I hope that there's a decent, non-Soros bought and paid for district attorney there. Not like St. Louis. Not like Chicago with Kim Fox. Not like Keisha Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta. Bought and paid for all of them by George Soros. Uh, We are allowed to talk about that here. I know they're not allowed to talk about that on Fox right now. Not allowed to mention Soros on Fox. But you have this guy Munoz charging the officer with a butcher knife. He gets shot. And then you have the city rioting over what exactly? What what exactly would you riot over? I mean, if if you're going to riot over that, then I guess you could riot over anything. Well, you know what? It's cloudy today. Riot! I guess that's how it is, right? And you know something else? It's just an observation. Again, is it just coincidence? You know, I'm tired of thinking that everything is just a coincidence. And I know the people out there label everything a conspiracy theory and all this different stuff. When, you know, all these, you know, lo and behold, you know. COVID-19, it's now coming out. And by the way, she's really kind of ununderstandable. Otherwise, I would have played the video because she's got such a thick accent. But the scientist that has escaped the clutches of the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, and now come to America, is testifying that COVID is man-made. It has been man-made. Five Australian scientists and one Norwegian scientist have all said now, and numerous others, that COVID, yeah, put that up there, that COVID-19 was man-made in a lab. It absolutely was, folks. It's not a conspiracy theory that COVID-19 broke out in Wuhan, China, where you're doing gain-of-function research. I mean, come on. (laughs) That's the only place it was being done at. We took, we used to do it in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and it got transferred over to Wuhan. Anthony Fauci gave $3.7 million and Bill Gates tens of millions of dollars for gain-of-function research where you enhance a coronavirus, a corona bat virus, enhance it, make it susceptible to human beings or make, human, make it so that it's transmissible to human beings so that you can create a virus for it, I mean, a vaccine for it. That's what gain-of-function research is. The only place on planet Earth it was being done in Wuhan and lo and behold, that's where the outbreak happened. And scientists are coming out one right after another that if you put the coronavirus under a microscope, you see what's called an S-spike protein that was used to enhance the virus's ability to attach itself to human cells. I'm not going to get too much into that tonight, but that's absolute fact. So everything's not a conspiracy. You can think whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's just kind of funny how it all works out. I just think it's kind of funny how right now in the midst of demon rats, Joe Biden supporters all out there demonstrating, rioting, looting, and burning down their own neighborhoods that have been democratically controlled for decades. While they're out there doing it, it's just very convenient to me that they're all able to wear masks to protect themselves from the Rona. Where does this all come from? Play that video for me. So let's institute a mask mandate nationwide, starting immediately, and we will save lives. The estimates are we'll save over 40,000 lives in the next three months if that is done. (laughs) 
Where does he get 40000 from? <laughs> I mean, did he really just pull that straight out of his caboose that morning when he was like taking, doing his morning constitutionals? Did he just pull that right out of his caboose? I mean, 40000 from who exactly? I, where? Where'd that come from, Joey? The good thing about the Lancaster shooting, however, is there's a judge there who knows what he's doing. From Breitbart 915, judge sets bail at $11 million each for alleged Lancaster rioters. Lancaster police arrested 12 adults and one juvenile for staging the alleged riots around 3 a.m. Monday. The clashes between police and protesters ultimately caused the police to disperse tear gas to control the crowd. 12 adults, let's name them while their picks are up. Talia Gessner, Taylor Antoline, Catherine Patterson, Yashua Montague, Jamal Newman, TJ Fry, Dylan Davis, Lee Alexander, Barry Jones, Matthew Modern, Jessica Lopez, and Frank Gaston faced multiple felony and misdemeanor rioting charges, including arson, riot, criminal conspiracy, and institutional vandalism. Magistrate District Judge Bruce A. Roth set bail for nine of the defendants at $1 million each, with court records showing that all were unable to bond. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. What were they doing in Portland? And I wonder why they're not continuing to have uh, protests in Lancaster right now. I wonder why. They're not protests. You saw the pictures. We just played them on Tarko Carlson's show. Those are not protests. Those are riots and attempting batter, bat, you know, multiple attempted batteries on law enforcement officers. But that's what you do in Portland and Seattle. You They don't even charge you. You go in, you go out. They don't even charge you if they even bother to take you in to begin with. All of their bought and paid for district attorneys just ship you right back out on the road. All are being held at the Lancaster County Prison. That is how you handle riders. Here it is. Very simple two-step approach. You ready? You arrest them and you charge them. Simple as that. Problem solved. Hear any more about rioting in Lancaster? No, because there's a decent judge there. CNN's propaganda could not be any more clear. Play this video for me. Uh, Anna, I'll, I'll just step out of the way so you can uh, get a clearer picture. They're chanting. They're standing very closely together. Keep in mind, they have been here for he hours already in scorching heat. Now, I want you to look at this screen. Now, what this is, is outside of the Trump rally. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures of this, but there were lines. Literally, I mean, it looked like for miles. Seriously, pull it up. Looked like for miles. Most people could never get in. And look how they're covering it. Look on the side. Corona pandemic. <laughs> this is how you cover a Trump rally? Is, is this? They're not talking about any substantive issues whatsoever. They're talking about how many people are wearing masks and how many people are social distancing. Play a little bit more for me. They're standing very closely together. Keep in mind, they have been here for hours already in scorching heat. So Christians, remember when you used to not be able to stand CNN? Remember, remember the conservative Christians out there? They now you're mask wearing, and you somehow justified in your mind that pressing a thermometer against your son's forehead on their way into church is okay and justifiable. Remember when you used to not be able to stand liberal CNN? Remember that? Know now that you share ideologies. That's the fact. Kamala Harris still supports. You can work those pictures in, brother, as you see fit. Kamala Harris still supports group bailing out violent criminals charged with felonies. Harris publicly asked her followers to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund 
in a June 1st tweet, an organization that has raised tens of millions of dollars to bail out violent offenders. And out of those tens of millions, most has not gone to bail out anybody. As reported by the Daily Caller, Harris made the plea months ago, but her personalized link is still active. That's as of today, September 17th, and able to take donations. The page seen here that we're putting up features a smiling Harris in her old campaign logo. The smiling Harris fundraiser has bailed out dangerous criminals, including Jaleel Stallings, who was reported by the Daily Caller and, according to Fox 9, is facing charges for attempted murder for shooting at SWAT team officers during May riots. Good job, Kamala! Democratic Party! Democratic Party! Responsible for bailing out people trying to assassinate cops. Hmm, that sounds very familiar to what just happened in L.A. Maybe that person was bailed out by Kamala's Fund, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Hey, you never know, right? You never know. Now, here comes the comical part of the show, in my viewpoint. Insane, this is from the Gateway Pundit. Insane Minneapolis board members who bragged about defunding the police are now wondering, where are the police? Let's look at the article. President of the Minneapolis City Council, Lisa Bender, spoke at a rally in Minneapolis after Black Lives Matter had totally destroyed the downtown of her city and declared the following. Play that video for me. Here on this side of the slope, as they watched Minnesota, Minneapolis City Council member, a majority of them uh, vote in favor of replacing, removing Minneapolis police and replacing them with community based public safety. The sign in front of the stage stated their motive to defund police. City Council President Lisa Bender said their efforts to reform have, quote, failed. The officials say they're looking to other ways to maintain public safety in their communities and are starting a conversation on how. How to move forward together on that outfit. Our commitment is to do what's necessary to keep every single member of our community safe and to tell the truth that the Minneapolis police are not doing that. Our commitment is to end our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department to end policing as we know it and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe. That brings me. The Minneapolis reformer reported on Tuesday, city council member Felipe, Felipe Cunningham said, while he still supports transformation as opposed to incremental change in public safety. So in other words, he wants to get rid of the police. Right now, the police department is all the city has. My constituents are looking at me saying, what is the city doing? Minneapolis Police Department is not showing up, he said. (laughs) This is a guy that voted to defund the police, and now he's wondering, where are the police? You know what's happening? It's what's called, dummy, the Ferguson effect. They learned that in Ferguson, Missouri. They learned that there. What happened? Well, you know what? When you basically don't know as a law enforcement officer that if you go to a scene of a crime and you respond that you're going to end up being charged with a crime, you don't know what people are going to say about you. You don't know you're going to go there and use justifiable force. And then you have a Lisa Bender 
or a Keisha Bottoms or a Kim Fox decide, you know what? That wasn't justifiable in our eyes, even though you went via the department's policy orders, you went down there, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. You know what? Some arbitrary simpleton Soros district attorney will just decide to prosecute you and take you away from your wife and kids for the rest of your life. Cops know that. They don't want to go and entangle themselves in that. You think they're going to go do proactive things? Like what we call FIs, field interrogations, and go out and contact people, try to find warrants? Or are they going to hide all night because they don't know if some Democratic, Joe Biden-supporting district attorney is going to charge them with a crime they never committed? Just like the McCloskeys, right? In St. Louis, being charged by Kim Gardner with numerous felonies when they stood outside their house? guarding their home from people that had already taken out their fence, surrounded their home, were threatening to burn their house down, threatening to kill them, and all they did was stand there with a gun, and now they're being criminally charged? Right, just like them? There's another guy right now, I couldn't do that story, I didn't have time for it. There's another guy right now being criminally charged after Black Lives Matter showed up at his house, and he stood there with a gun, and he's the one who's charged. So the cops are thinking the same thing. And now they're wondering, and now you have city council members who vote, all voted, by the way, every single one of them. It was unanimous. All nine Democrats voted to defund the police. And now they're wondering where the police are at. Well, look at this original interview with Lisa Bender, who is the president of the, Madam President of the Minneapolis City Council. Here's her in an interview from just a little while ago about how it's white privilege to even think about ever calling the police. Play that video for me. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege. I know that that comes from a place of privilege. I know that that comes from That's a place right of thing. privilege. I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling now the police like maybe- I can't bear any more listening to that. But so Felipe Cunningham, a fellow member and defunder of the police, He's saying, my constituents are looking at me saying, what is the city doing? Minneapolis Police Department is not showing up. See, honestly, I think that these people, they there's they live in a state. I mean, you could call it a, psycho, a, a psychotic state, a state of denial. People think that you're going to defund the police and still have 911. People think that. I mean, they just do. They think that, you know, we're going to defund the police, just like the defund the police rally that called the police for security. That's the truth. That happened. The defund the police rally called for the local jurisdiction to supply police officers for their security. So these Democrats, I mean, does this woman actually think, what if some person or persons broken, what if Lisa Bender, if people broke into her house and were attempting to assault her and steal all of her stuff or whatever it may be, what is she going to do? Does she think about that at all? I mean, what, what goes through a Democrat's mind? Exactly. What, what exactly goes through? But honestly, I think they just live in a perpetual state of denial. All right, I got to finish this. My constituents, this is from Felipe Cunningham, are looking at, at me saying, what is the city doing? Minneapolis Police Department is not showing up, he said. 
when they get here, they say, we're just running from call to call. And we really, really can't do anything, said Cunningham, whose war, ward includes North Minneapolis, which has been racked with gunfire. They, their, their violent crime rate has gone through the roof. Raise the roof. That's what's happened. You want to defund the police? That's what you get. This is like, what do you got you? That's up next. This is like the experience that Northsiders are having right now is a collective community drama trauma because of the fact the gunfire does not stop. That's because you have no police, bud. You decided to have no police. They don't care anymore. What do you want them to do? Risk their livelihoods? Risk going to prison for you? Why would they do that? Play that video for me. Keep that handy. That's something special right there. From Dinesh D'Souza, one of my favorite videos of the week. Protester, learning the hard way. Play it for me. Come on, give me meaning in life. Give me meaning. Oh. There you go. There's your meaning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This girl, she's so traumatized. What would you do? What would you do, chick? Oh, my. I don't even want to say it. I'll just say, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like the cop just committed some sort of travesty. What would you do, chick, if somebody was jumping up and down on your car? Stand there. Shady Democratic donor website. This is from Gateway Pundit 912. Shady Democratic donor website, Act Blue, received nearly half. $346 million in donations in 2019 from 4.7 million unemployed donors. How does that work? Act Blue, which is what funds all Democratic candidates, including the illustrious Joey and Kamala. They received $346 million in donations in 2019 from 4.7 million unemployed donors. How in the world could they afford to give that much money when you're unemployed? Explain that to me. How unemployed people gave $346 million to the Democratic Party. Explain that to me. Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch. Transparency, he says in a tweet. So if you want to make a tax-deductible, charitable donation directly to Black Lives Matter, you can't. You donate to Act Blue Charities. Act Blue, Char- Act, Act Blue Charities sends this money allegedly to another charity called Thousand Currents, which runs, which Thousand Currents is run by a convicted felon, by the way. Thousand Currents, which runs Black Lives Matter as a fiscal sponsorship. Now today on Fox News, Fox News reports that half of all donations to Act Blue in 2019 came from untraceable, 
unemployed donors. It's truly unbelievable. After downloading hundreds of millions of dollars in donations to the Take Back Action Fund, those demon rats, they've always got some stupid, funky name, Take Back Action Fund servers, we were shocked to see that almost half of the donations to Act Blue in 2019 claimed to be unemployed individuals, he said. The name of the employers must be disclosed when must be disclosed when making political donations, but more than 4.7 million donations came from people who claimed they did not have an employer. Those 4.7 million donations totaled $346 million ActBlue raised and sent to liberal causes. Hmm, nothing fishy about that. But again, I could read the list to you. Where does the corruption always happen? Who does all the looting? Who does all the false race hoaxes? Who does all the vandalism? Who burns down the auto zones? Who brings a pallet worth of cash to Iran? Democrats. Every single time. Who does the false sexual assault allegations? Time after time after time. Democrats. Every single time. Voter fraud. Democrats. Every single time. Who, 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 who is it that brings about a great coalition of dead people to vote Democrat every year. Democrats. Where do the Republicans do that? When was the last time you saw a group of conservatives burning a city to the ground? Please name it. Just curious. Please name it. The man chasing Kyle Rittenhouse, Gage Grosskrantz. What a name. There he is. He's giving himself a haircut. That's Gage Grosskrantz. He says, Convict, a convicted felon who had a gun while chasing a retreating minor says, nobody should fear for their life for having a different opinion. <laughs> Do you see how blind you have to be to be a Democrat? Nobody should fear for their life in expressing their opinion. He was chasing a man with an AR. He was chasing a man with an AR. He himself had a nine millimeter. And when he approached him, while Kyle Rittenhouse was on the ground, been tripped and already been cracked over the neck with a skateboard, shot and killed that guy. This idiot comes up. I can't remember which order it was. Who got shot first? This idiot comes up with his nine millimeter and gets capped in the arm. And he says, nobody should have to fear for their life for expressing an opinion. How are you expressing your opinion? Sprinting up. First of all, you're stupid enough. To bring a nine nine millimeter to an AR fight, idiot. And then second of all, what does it have to do with you expressing your opinion? Well, you got shot for expressing your opinion? No, you got shot because you're stupid enough to sprint at somebody with an AR with a nine millimeter in your hand, you dummy. That's what really happened. That's what really happened. But yet Democrats... Nobody should get shot for expressing their opinion. Nobody should fear for the life for expressing. That's how delusional you have to be to be a demon rat. That's how delusional. I had some goofball when we put up that video last week of the giant black woman who was teaching the class that all white people are racist and demons. Remember that one? The one who needed to mix in a salad who basically was wearing yoga pants over her entire body. And she's about 100 pounds over, I don't know, 150 overweight. And all, this guy sends me, a guy I've known for a long time, actually, who's drifted some sort uh, deeply into the black hole of delusion, sends to me that 
she's not a racist and that she's biracial. I don't even know what that means. And that every race has racism on the chalkboard. It says all white people are racist. You see how delusional you have to be to defend that? I don't even know what a statement means. She's biracial. What does that mean? She has more than one race in her. What does that have to do with her calling every white person a racist and a demon? How delusional can you possibly be and still suck oxygen through your mouth? This is hysterical. I told you this is the comic portion of the show. Jim Cramer, noted, noted economist, calls Nancy Pelosi crazy Nancy. Play that for me. Between you and I think Secretary Mnuchin, I mean, what deal can we have, uh, Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry, I, that, that was the president. I, I, I have such reverence for the office, I would never use that term. Between you and I think Secretary Mnuchin, I mean, what deal can we have, uh, Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry, I, that, that was the president. I, I, I have such reverence for the office, I would never use that term. But it is but hard, you just did. isn't it? Oh, come <laughs> but on. you just did. You know what I mean. That's because you're crazy, Nancy. I love this next video. This is a quick summation of Biden corruption. This is uh, Dinesh D'Souza on Laura Ingham show. And listen, we'll go over it quickly afterwards, but listen to the vast corruption that's going on and has gone on with Joey Biden for the last four decades, having to do with his brother, was it James Frank and his son, Hunter Hunter. Listen to this. Although we tend to focus on his uh, mental uh, incompetence, which is very visible and obvious to see, over most of his career, Biden has actually, in the area of corruption, demonstrated great competence. Uh, and this competence has been the way he has orchestrated the corruption. Pretty much everywhere he went under the Obama years, he would take a family member with him. And this is a, a tale of three Bidens, his brother Frank Biden, his other brother James Biden, his son Hunter Biden. So he took, um, he took James Biden with him uh, to Iraq, and James Biden got a contract a federal contract to build 100,000 homes in Iraq, contract worth $1.5 billion. Uh, then Biden was made point man by Obama for Costa Rica. He went to Costa Rica. His brother, Frank Biden, was in tow. Uh, and then Frank Biden subsequently got green energy deal contracts, uh, even though none of these guys have any experience in these areas. When, when uh, Vice President Biden went to China, he took Hunter Biden. While Biden was having official meetings, Hunter Biden was making deals on the side with the Chinese government worth $2 billion through the Shanghai Free Trade Zone to get all kinds of investments in the Chinese economy, including buying American companies and moving American jobs from mm -hmm. places like Michigan to China. So this is the actual long track record yeah, of corruption that has created gargantuan wealth for the Bidens. Yeah, here's what Trump said today, Dinesh, about Joe Biden's son, Hunter. It was revealed that a fund partly owned by Joe Biden's son, Hunter, facilitated the sale of a Michigan auto parts producer to a leading Chinese military defense contractor. Biden spent his entire career selling Michigan jobs to China. China's military got American manufacturing jobs, and the Biden family got paid a lot of money. Dinesh, isn't that the kind of story that needs to be told and retold? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
I think it's critically important because, see, Biden knows that he's under disclosure requirements. If he buys stock, if he gets a, a foreign contract, he's going to have to disclose it. But there are no disclosure requirements for family members. The Chinese have a longstanding practice of extending deals to family members in exchange for favorable treatment from foreign leaders. Uh, Biden recognizes. Let's go over that favorable treatment. Joe Biden's appointment in Iraq for Barack Hussein Obama. James Biden gets a federal contract to build 100,000 homes in Iraq. How many, let's, let's calculate, how many homes has James Biden ever built? Goose egg, zero homes ever, but he gets a contract to build 100,000 homes worth $1.5 billion. Costa Rica, Joe, Joe Biden is the point man for Costa Rica for Barack Hussein Obama. Frank Biden go, goes along with him. Down there, what, what uh, Dinesh D'Souza says in tow. And Frank Biden gets green energy deals worth millions of dollars. And what expertise does Frank Biden have in green energy? Zero. And then, of course, you have Hunter. He flies over on Air Force Two with his dad, who's the point man for China, and makes deals with the CCP for $2 billion. And also, of course, you have Ukraine, of which Joe Biden is the point man for Ukraine. Hunter receives $3 million from Burisma, an oil and gas company, of which Hunter Biden has absolutely no expertise, and $53,000 a month. And here's just a little extra bonus on the end of this video. Play that for me. When you ran for president and when Barack Obama ran for president, you both said you would renegotiate NAFTA. You didn't. He did. Does he deserve credit for that? No, I think, remember, he, didn't, he wasn't the one that pushed that particular one that passed. The House amended the bill. He renegotiated NAFTA and you didn't, is the point. I mean... Because we had a Republican Congress. It's better. The USMCA is better than NAFTA. It is better than NAFTA. <laughs> Dash. All right, back to Dash. me. <laughs> there it is. I want to show you. Now, here's what your taxes will look like under Biden and Trump, right here. Corporate taxes... 21%, Biden 28. Income and payroll, Trump 37, Biden 52. Small business tax, 29% for Trump, Biden 39.6%. Thank you, Heather, for this. Capital gains and dividend taxes, Trump 23.8. Biden. So for those, keep that up there. For those of you who are who have retirement funds, our elderly population, here you are, capital gains and dividend taxes, Trump 23.8. But for Biden, you get to pay 43.4% for the baby boomers. So who do you really want to vote for? Now let's get what Biden has said publicly about taxes. Play the first one for me. You know, people say, well, Joe, how are you going to do all this? Well, guess what? First thing I do is going to repeal this Trump tax cut. Well, not Joe. There's number one. Get the next one ready for me, brother. Here's the next one for you. Play it for me. I'm glad to see you're doing well already. And I'm good. But guess what? If you elect me, I'm not going to have you. Your taxes are going to be raised, not cut, if, you're, if you benefit from that. <laughs> Let's go, Joe! Let's go, Joe! This is what we deserve! How about that, man? What do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> could it be any more cringy? How could anybody vote for this guy? How could anybody vote for this guy? It's truly, truly amazing. But I, would, I do have a question. 
Hey, Joe, what do you think about this? Play the next one for me. Yep. Joe, what do you think about this? Because if you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a, you know, a department store uh, thing, you know, where in the second floor of the ladies' department or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is he talking about, James? <laughs> what on God's earth was that? Uh, James, I don't what, know. Oh, I mean, kid to you, you can take the... <laughs> if you could find that in a hurry, that would be awesome. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, oh, here, <laughs> do you have that little kid stuttering over his words that you've had for the last couple of weeks? Or is it too far buried? You got to, eh, maybe too far. I can't, I got nothing else. <laughs> this is the, this is the, this, okay. Hey, you know what? While we're waiting to close one more for me, play it for him. you to do Aaron set up that first get the uh the Joe Biden that we just played and then play the kid right there you go let me get the numbers 5952 play there you go voters love it according to the polls because if you could take care if you were a quartermaster you can sure and help take care of running a you know a department store uh thing you know where and the second floor of the ladies' department, or whatever, you know what I mean? Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything? <laughs> There's your presidential candidate, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Joey Biden. Woo! There you go. Beautiful. Hey, get the mask thing on for me one more time. With it. There you go. Hit, hit, hit that for a second. Good. And if it helps everyone to be safe, I'll wear it in public and stand six feet away. And even if my mouth and nose you can't see, I'm still gonna have fun being me. What if we needed people to storm the beaches of Normandy today? <laughs> Woo! Woo! What a mess. But you know what? The church is the hope. We can lead the way. Amen. Pray with me, everybody. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for tonight. We know the president's having a rally right now. Make it as big and as awesome and as powerful as you possibly can be. Lord, we pray in President Trump to continue to be our president. Lord, he is defending the unborn. We know that that is a righteous cause in your eyes. We pray this man in. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen and amen. I love you guys. 
Be ready now, Saturday night, 8.30. I'll be back. God bless you.